Okay, we should be all good. Can everybody see me and hear me? Okay. Oh, I guess I'm cursed, but um, it'll be good next time. Thank you all for your patience. Uh, I wanted to make a fancy background behind me, and I wonder if I can still do it because, um, to be honest, I use uh, I, I I'm trying to make a business persona for me where I teach online, and I don't want Facebook to recognize this background and then present this video on the suggested videos to those who are my potential students and think this guy talks about praying, but oh well. Let me just calm down and pray and focus. Om Ajnanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yenatasmai Shri Gurve Namaha Mukankaroti Vachalam Pangun Langhayate Girin Yatkrupatamaham Bande Shri Gurundi Nataranam Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripasindhubhyayevacha Patitanam Pavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityanandau Sahoditau Gaurodaye Pushpavantau Chitraushandau Tamonadau Vandeham Shri Ramakrishna Vabhaya Charana Sakhau Sukhadau Paramanandau Sundarau Subhadapriya Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So now it's all in God's hands. Okay. Um, it kills me that to use the microphone I can't use the mouse. I'm going to go ahead and share the screen as usual and get the my little presentation going. We're going to do a... Um, we're going to review the presentation we did last time because we had uh, technical difficulties. Little did I know that today the same would happen. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm going to um, remind everybody that we left off with the question, does prayer go on? in the material world i'm sorry in the spiritual world is there prayer in the spiritual world or is it only something that pertains to the material world so we're going to discuss that uh, i guess if somebody wants to um, actually already uh, write it in the chat and we can have the discussion going and then when i'm done with the overview of last week's overview we'll take it from there okay so um last time we saw the um description of prayer and i asked some of you what prayer was to you some of them said it was a dialogue from the lower uh, self to the, the higher self between the lo lower self and the higher self whoops and um some people said it's um um, a request, etc., etc. This is the definition of the um, Encyclopedia Britannica. Then we saw the various types of prayer. The most basic kind is a petition. Please, God, give me this, give me that. And it could be a spiritual thing too. Give me mercy. 
Um, that is called prarthana. We're going we're to see the terms in Sanskrit today and the definitions of Rupa Goswami in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Another type of prayer is intercession um, that can probably cannot be seen if I if my thumbnail is there in a the corner, but intercession meaning um, it's usually a Catholic thing, please God, uh, actually please God nothing, it's just certain number of prayers for the benefit of my son, my daughter, my father. However, in Vedic terms, intercessory prayer means let there be peace on earth, let the king be prosperous and victorious type of thing. Then there is a, a pray a praise type of uh, uh, prayer which is also called thanksgiving prayer and that is um you know first you say please god and then you say thank you god uh, but it's also a celebratory uh, prayer for god just because he's god and lastly we have uh, devotion so um prayer that expresses love and uh, addresses god for um in terms of our relationship with them now what we didn't discuss last time was these other subdivisions uh, spontaneous prayer can be spontaneous or prescribed individual or collective so let's talk about spontaneous prayer i had a um a friend when I was uh, in France, who I don't know what we were talking about, uh, religion, church, going to church or something, who said, I go to church when I need it, or I pray when I need it. And I remember being taken aback by that because, you know, I had been, oh, I don't know, a devotee for um, some 10 years, I think. And I remember thinking, what do you mean when you need it? Rel religion or, and of course, coming with this background, um, from uh, Gaudiya Vaishnava approach, which, which is so hardcore, developing love of God as like the goal, as opposed to being born in a in a tradition where you just go to mass, do this thing, do that thing, eat that thing on that day, and you say these words. When you become a convert, Gaudiya Vaishnava, you're like, you know, this is the goal, this is what you do, and it's very intense. And I remember thinking, what do you mean you go to church when you need it? It's not on your terms. And plus, it's in your interest to do it as much as possible, to do everything that's prescribed to attain the goal. Um, I didn't know at that time that his parents had uh, perished in a car accident. He grew up with his aunt. So I figured um, that, um, you know, sometimes he would feel some discomfort. We talked about it last time, prayer out of discomfort. And he would go pray when he needed but um, anyway, that would be an example of spontaneous prayer when you feel like praying uh, or when something happened. We saw that prayer comes out of discomfort, out of fear, like when, the, when there's turbulence in an airplane, that <laughs> prayer comes out spontaneously at that time. But then there's prescribed prayer, right? Prescribed prayer could be what the Muslim called salah or uh, salat which is the one prayer that they need to do five times a day. And it's a very important thing for them. Uh, it's one of the pillars of Islam is that, that they offer these prayers five times a day. And uh, it has a lot of benefits, even just a physical exercise. Later on, if I can manage to finish, finish this overview today, we'll see the physicality of prayer. 
And as a matter of fact, I researched it last night because um, it was one topic that I hadn't quite focused on the time before. And oh my God, a whole lesson could be done just on the physicality of prayer, the implications. Um, you know, if you have the right uh, philosophical background and the, the right, you know, experience in a spiritual, on a spiritual path, sometimes the simplest things can give inspiration for the highest uh, insights. Just like Guru Maharaj was saying um, on Sunday about Sridhar Maharaj, he was talking about the most basics uh, in, in life, the most basic aspect, even material, gross aspects even of life, but seeing them from the point of view of a Paramahansa, he could draw so much out of most ordinary things. So, um, excuse me for a second, I got a chat message and I don't know how to visualize it. I, I'm always afraid it's something important, like nobody can hear me. Um, Okay, that's it's a it's an answer to the question. I'll see I'll see you later. So um, what was I talking about? Prayer, um, prescribed prayer. So the physicality of prayer, right? I remember giving a, a series of lectures on Vaishnava qualities, and once I was researching, it was the time for cleanliness, which is a Vaishnava quality, and I was like, all right, cleanliness got to be clean. Obviously, it, it puts your body in a certain state. You're not <laughs> distracted by your own smell, if anything else, if, if nothing else. But, it, it, you know, it could also be purity of mind, purity of soul. The, the soul is pure from a certain point of view. If we, if we assume the matter is a contamination or an irritant, and so many insights came out of that, just considering what is clean, what is not clean. I was looking around my room and thinking, Okay, is it clean? I guess I could clean every little space in the windows. Is it clean now? Well, I guess I could do that. And then, you know, is my body clean? It just, I, funnily, I experienced uh, infinity from such a mundane <clears throat> concept like cleanliness, what is dirty, what is clean. Just what are the, uh, what is the extent of cleanliness? Of course, in a philosophical way. So um, prescribed prayer, just the physicality of prayer gave me so many insights. I got to say, I didn't sleep a whole lot because <laughs> I kept thinking of all these um, implications. So I'll try to uh, fit it in uh, today. If not, I said that next week we'll be talking about all the prayers listed or appearing in the Bhagavatam. And we can probably shrink that part because uh, to be honest, I will not be able to analyze any single prayer over any other. We'll just go through the list just for the sake of being absorbed in the Bhagavatam, being acquainted with all the questions that appear in the Bhagavatam. So that part can be shrunk. And if I cannot finish this overview today, um, then we'll take some time from the third uh, encounter. And then in, uh, in the fourth one, we'll see the difference between meditation and prayer. And we'll discuss if the Mahamantra is a prayer and all those mm, implications. So anyway, prescribed prayer. Without going too far, prescribed prayer is, uh, could be our japa time or kirtan every you know, morning, evening, prescribed time. So it kind of goes together with collective. Prescribed uh, um, prayer, sure, it could be individual or it could be collective. And then, of course, spontaneous and individual uh, go together. 
it's very rare to have a spontaneous individual prayer. Even in the case of uh, turbulence in a plane, everybody's praying for themselves, like maybe at the same time spontaneously, but it's not collective. Okay, so um, now in Vaishnav terms, petition is expressed by all those uh, songs and prayers we find in our scriptures that uh, say, have mercy, uh, please um, give me the shelter of your feet, etc. A praise type of uh, prayer is all the jaya this, jaya that, all glories to him, all glories to that, all glories to them. <clears throat> Devotion is clearly the typical uh, prayer and attitude we're the most familiar with, and it uh, corresponds with uh, namami, pranamami, naomi, uh, namaha, namo, namaha, etc. The offering of obeisances. There's a question mark you may or may not or may not be able to see here in this corner for intercessory prayer, because uh, in our tradition and culture, there is not much of a tradition for intercessory prayer. But we saw last time that, you know, um, Yashoda prays for the welfare of Krishna. May Keshava protect your head, may Narayan protect your belly, may Madhava protect your chest, etc., etc., or Prahlad, may my father be blessed. I don't want anything from me, but please bless my father. Or even just um, like I was saying, any example of uh, intercessory prayer in our own culture uh, or history would have been uh, Prabhupada's disciples praying for his uh, well-being. Okay, um, just adjust this. Next, we saw um, a few random uh, thoughts. I don't know if we need to go over these necessarily. Probably not. Um, I'll just keep them there for a few seconds just so they remain in the video because last week, I don't think the video was uh, all that great. Then gradation of prayer, that's probably worth repeating. It's just my own analysis. And um, I put it this way. In personal prayer, like you know please 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 at the stoplight if you're trying to cross the light please stay green stay green you're not really praying to god you're not praying to any praying to any higher power you're not really praying to the stoplight you're just saying may it be so let it be so which is worth mentioning because we talked about last time about prayer an aspect of prayer being ultimately a way of manifesting reality um and it's uh, one of the highest expressions of prayer. It kind of seems to do away with the whole addressing God and the higher power, like I'm manifesting my own reality. But we'll talk about this in the fourth um, encounter in depth. Um, I was going to say about that. Stoplight. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember if I said it last time. I'll say it now before I forget it again. I was on an airplane, yes, I did say it. I was on an airplane and this Jewish guy was saying that abracadabra means I say, let it become as I say, abracadabra, as I say, so it will be. So there's an aspect of that in, uh, in prayer. Of course, um, a more, a higher tier of prayer is prayer to nature, to higher manifestations of, um, of nature, higher than us, higher powers. Uh, earthquakes, volcanoes, storms, hurricanes, etc. Prayer to ancestors is a little higher, at least it's a person that you had a relationship with, may or may not have had a relationship, but it's some kind of gratitude for 
someone who can who can um, uh, interact with you or who is already a person closer to our reality as opposed to maybe personifying the sun and the rain etc then we get to prayer to god but for material gain like you know please god let me pass my exam uh, make it so that i can be promoted at work type of thing uh, or we can pray god for material gain but for someone else a little better so let my husband's operation go well. Byashti and Samashti is, uh, are two, uh, different con two concepts in Sanskrit when referring to prayer. We talked about it last time. There's Byashti Guru and Samashti Guru. Byashti means universal, generic. Samashti means individual. So Vyashti prayer means um, for, you know, in the case of intercessory prayer, let there be peace on earth, let, you know, uh, prosperity abound, etc. Those kind of uh, prayers that you find in the original Vedas and the Rig Veda, etc. Or, um, that is kind of like, not correct, Vyasti, if it's for someone else who's dear. It's not, it's not Vyasti, it's, um, it's intercessory prayer, but it's not generic. Samashti, no, no, wait a second. I, I'm saying it. I'm saying it uh, reversed. Vyashti is um, individual. Samashti is generic. That's why it didn't make sense. So Vyashti means a prayer for my own gain or for the personal gain of somebody who's dear to us, but it's still individual. Whereas Samashti is a prayer like, let there be peace on earth. Uh, yeah, now I got it straight. Then a higher tier is to pray to God just to thank him, just to say, you're so glorious, like the Song of Songs of uh, St. Francis of, of uh, Assisi, or many other prayers, like, you know, Jai Svachinandana Sura Munivana, it's like Jai, 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 Jai. Of course, it's God and his associates, which is a, mm, a, a very important aspect of the way we pray in other traditions. Yes, you may pray to Mother Mary, to the saint, to that saint, but we have a stronger sense of praying to God and to those who are dear to God. And of course, there are a lot of ramifications and implications uh, to that. Um, to God out of contrition. So the example I put is Jagaya Madai. So I am so fallen. I am so, um, you know, this is what I am. Please help me. That kind of like humility. In Sanskrit, it's called uh, Dainya, Dainya, Dainya Bodhyatmika. We'll see this in a couple of slides. Um, then there is prayer for a spiritual gain. So uh, please give me mercy. Please um, help me stay steady in my sadhana or something. Help me remember you, etc., etc. I put as an example, kavitamba. I don't want this, I don't want that or to pray for mercy, but still it's about what you want from God. There is a sense of, I want this from you. It's not that, you know, aggressive, like, hey, God, give me this. But that's the kind of interaction, as opposed to the highest tier that we're going to see last. Um, next is praying to God just to worship him. An example I put is Brahma Sanghita. Um, 
Okay, so the contrast I made was, uh, yeah, to pray God just for praising him is like the Vishnu Sahasranam, like a particular list of names of Vishnu and qualities. You are the savior of the world. You are this and that. It's like a meditation. There's not necessarily an expression of love in it. As a matter of fact, we find that in some, um, in, in the Vidhimarga, in the school of devotional, uh, a school of devotion to Vishnu that is more, mostly dictated by um, reverence and duty. You have to pray Narayan because he's the creator of the unit. Well, not Narayana directly, but anyway, you have to pray to God because he's the creator of the universe. And, you know, it's our duty. We are the servants. And so we have this, you know, it's our duty to do that. The contrast with the Brahma Sanghita is that it's a description of Krishna, the way he dresses, what he does, who appeared as this, who did this, who, who did this and that. But every stanza ends in Tamaham Bhajami, him I worship, I worship him, I worship him. Um, and then lastly, we have a prayer to God, just as a contemplation, you are so um, wonderful, and I just bow down to you. Um, the example I gave is the last stanza of the Sri Shikshashtakam, Ashlishava, Padaratam Pinashtumam, etc., which means whether you suffocate me in your embrace or you just abandon me, you'll be the life of my life, the, the Lord of my life. Uh, and, you know, and that's what it is. I'm just your servant. Uh, a good prayer that is my own personal example is, uh, please, God, make me see the world with your own, with your eyes, through your eyes. Uh, it's all about tuning into the frequency at which, you know, the spiritual world vibrates, God vibrates, see things the way he does, and there won't be any more suffering, any more problems, any more anxiety. Vaikuntha means no anxiety, no problems. So there were two asterisks about a material prayer for material gain and for spiritual gain. They can both be performed as a vow. A vow is a type of prayer where you basically bargain with God. Um, if you do this for me, I'll pray, I'll go to mass every Sunday or something or other. And it could be a spiritual vow. Like, you know, we do Kartika vows and Kadashi vows. I'm doing this to, to make more progress. So it's not necessarily something to frown upon. Okay, um, this is one of the new slides. Prayer found in Vedic culture to obtain powers, fulfill desires and seek protection. I put in parentheses the type of prayer that we've seen and analyzed so far. So that's a petition. Seek protection, um, yeah, okay, petition. To nourish gods and ensure their favors and protection. Again, petition. I'll go fast through these because we're kind of removed from Vedic times and that kind of society and, and the way it was structured. To cure diseases and overcome death and adversity. So that counts as both petition and, and intercession. You could be praying for somebody else's uh, better health. To ensure victory in wars and against enemy petition and intercession. Usually these prayers, keep in mind, again, it was a Vedic society, so structured in such a way that the Brahmanas were doing most of the prayers, especially in a, in a public uh, way, through sacrifices, etc. So 
these mostly apply to like a brahmana doing that for a, a king, for the welfare of a king or a kingdom. So to ensure king, uh, victory in wars and against enemies, to destroy enemies or weaken their resolve, that's nasty, but it's still some kind of prayer that's there and it's a petition. To make things auspicious and pure, that's intercession in the Vedic sense. To invite peace and prosperity, same. To ensure name, fame, and success. Could be a petition if it's for oneself or intercession if it's for the king or whoever is hiring the, the Brahmana. You know how a prayer would also be connected with a yantra put on a piece of paper and then put in a kavacha, like an amulet. So that kind of uh, fits within the, the realm of uh, prayer. Nine, to overcome sinful karma and forgiveness for mistakes and evil deeds. So that would be out of contrition. We recite a prayer like this every time we do a puja. We say, um, I remember Krishna. Actually, we're not even asking for anything. I'm saying, I'm just remembering Krishna and getting purified from any offense I may have done with my body, with my mind during the execution of this puja. And finally, to engage the mind and devotion and contemplation of God. So that's really the prayer we're mostly concerned with and familiar with. Now here, roughly, uh, reasons for prayer out of fear. And fear can be uh, duty. Again, I need to pray. I need to mm, do salat five times a day because that's what uh, Muhammad, the, the, the prophet, said. Uh, peace be upon him. Um, and... Um, or because uh, if I don't do it, I won't go to heaven or I won't go to Vaikuntha or God will be displeased with me, etc. So fear slash duty or out of fear in the case of the turbulence again. So there is a, I don't know, a shooting in a theater and something. Oh, my God, please protect me. Um, And also an expression, a physical expression of that, like I just mentioned, is an akavachan, a, a yantra, and all that uh, sort of um, realm that's related to prayer. Of course, prayer can be out of joy. So that's the, the praise kind, uh, thankfulness. Thank you, uh, you know, my baby was born healthy. Praise the Lord. Or anything good, we associate it with God. It must come from God. It's so beautiful. Uh, but it's still very much in relation to me. Oh, God did this to me as opposed to what can I do for God? Uh, and out of sadness, so for comfort, um, why does everything happen to me? Or why did this thing happen to me? Or um, like I said, my, my, my friend lost his parents, etc. Now, I got to say that fear, uh, prayer out of fear, or protection could be protection for an imminent pray, um, danger, or for any danger they may come. Okay, so here's just a little list of um, more facts about prayer that I put together. Uh, visualization of problems. So yeah, in the very least, when you collect yourself to pray, even if it's just to ask something, in the very least, you know what is it that you want. So just from a material point of view, it's, um, oh gosh, no, 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 no. All these notifications. Um, from a material point of view, it helps to, um, excuse me, some video started somewhere in the background. 
it helps to um you've got to be kidding me <laughs> my computer's not re responding anymore okay sorry about that Oof. so even just from a from a material physical point of view it helps to just focus your thoughts and uh, know what is it that you want and to know what you want you got to know what you are so even just from that it, it's it's a it's got big implications that we might um if we have time we can go back to later and then attainment of the goal you know to set your goal is the first step to actually um achieving it obtaining it so prayer just uh, organizes your thoughts if nothing else from the lowest um level the, the lowest expression of prayer you get these two uh, results and then you get peace of mind you just know um you know i i just prayed i it's not all on my on my hands it's not all on my back we were just uh wondering uh just yesterday we were wondering if one of our cows was pregnant or something or other but in general it reminded me that Bhatuno Thakur says that to worry is um demonic which is a bit of a hard pill to swallow would you mean it's demonic I'm a demon for worrying but think about it um to worry means what if this happened? What if that happened? It all revolves around you. What am I going to do if this happens to me, as opposed to the opposite approach in this uh, spectrum, where you just say, hey, whatever is supposed to mean, whatever is supposed to happen, will happen. Whatever happened is what was supposed to happen. I can only work with what I get. Why worry about what could happen, etc. It would be kind of like, demonic to think it's all on me as in i am the controller i am the uh yeah i am the controller i am god and i have to make things happen etc so what will i do what would i do if this happened so by praying in the very least we acknowledge a higher power and uh, and we get comfort from that so um uh, like I started, I did all my prayers. I was like, whatever happens now, it's, it's, I'm just, I can only put my best, but I, I am tapping from a higher source, from a, a stream, a spiritual stream. I just prayed. I'm like, please let me be an instrument. Let me be a, a, a transparent medium. Um, and then of course you're as transparent as your heart is pure. So, <laughs> but, but if you, if you do your best, like Guru Maharaj says, there are two um, factors to success, your effort and the mercy. So we got to put all our effort to invoke the mercy. It's not that mercy will just come. It can come. It's just a prerogative of mercy. But there has to be some effort on our side. Whereas only like mercy alone can come. There is a concept of Kripa Siddha, somebody who, who attains perfection out of mercy, just somebody just a devotee or God just gives us mercy to someone just because, because they want it. But um, so it may happen, at least in theory, but only effort cannot give us the highest transcendental goal. There is no material uh, effort or spiritual effort that will get us all the way to the end. 
because effort means I want to do this. There's that source of that sense of I, it's my will. And that already cancels it out. You know, if you think of the level of abnegation of the gopis, yes, they're in love with Krishna, but their absorption is such that they're just thinking, Krishna, what does Krishna want? What does Krishna not want? Would this please him? You know, they, they think if they have any sense of themselves as themselves is entirely in relation to uh, uh, Krishna's pleasure to the point that when he left Vrindavan, they were left like empty bags. They had no, you know, no, no reason to live. So um, an effort means I want to do this uh, no matter how noble it is. Again, if it is a noble effort, then it would elicit the kind of mercy coming down to us. But the very last step has to be a hand reaching down to us and bringing us from imperfection to perfection. From imperfection, we cannot, we will be always that one bit short from reaching perfection, um, logically. And then, of course, we get communion with God because in that one time, we're absorbed in him, which kind of ties uh, back to the uh, point of physicality that gave me so many insights to the point of not making me sleep last night. We'll talk about this very shortly. Reduction of ego, of course, because uh, if you're not thinking, it, it, the moment you resort to a higher power in to that extent, you're not thinking it's all in my hands. I'll fix this. I am God. Ultimately, it's you know an expression of what boils down to being I am God. Um, okay, aham mama to Bhagavan Bhagavata. This is a huge concept. Basically, by praying, we were talking about just let's reduce it to the core of the core. There is consciousness, and there is matter if there even is matter, right? Like in, uh, in um, material terms, in science, they talk about energy and matter. Whereas in our mm, worldview, we talk about spiritual energy and material energy. In other words, it's all transformation of energy. If the consciousness, basically consciousness is what colors everything, what permeates everything, when the consciousness becomes material, yes, in relation to when the, how would you say, the small conscious, not just consciousness per se, but we, uh, tiny expressions of consciousness, such as uh, the jiva soul, come in contact with the material energy, then we perceive the world in a certain way. In other words, matter exists but when we say the matter exists we don't we don't mean that the material world all this wood and all this you know hard bone exists the energy the material energy exists the products of matter whether it's stone or wood even science now backs it up it's just vibrating atoms do you know those um led um um, projectors, they're not really projectors, you know, they're like spinning things with LEDs attached on them. And uh, they spin so fast, and they light with different colors at different intervals, all computerized in such a way that they look like they look three dimensional, 
So they look like uh, whatever product. I was in the mall and I saw that about a pair of shoes. The shoes were moving and coming closer. It looked three-dimensional, it looked really real. But if you stick your finger in it, the thing will stop spinning and you will realize it was never there. It, the, the, the LEDs were there, but the shoes were not there. So, reduction of ego. The moment we um, pray, we as consciousness are addressing, like resting, focusing on something made of our own substance. I was saying before, let's reduce it to the core of the core. There is consciousness. Consciousness is constantly expressing itself, constantly um, having relations. It's like um, a stem cell. It just reacts. It's like an octopus, you know, that octopus. What's the plural of octopus? Octopuses? Octopodes? Octopies? They uh, reflect Octopi. like a chameleon. That's what. That's the one. Octopi. They reflect the, the, the bottom of the ocean. And they also express um, emotions with their colors. So consciousness is very much like that. The moment you align you as unit of consciousness with God, who is the Paramatma, the supreme self, something very special happens. So that's why it says, akama sarvakama whether you have no desire or all desires. Well, the, the verse doesn't say pray to God, it says pray to Krishna because he can give, he is the ultimate uh, goal, the ultimate repository of every prayer of every, he can, you know, he who can give it all because he is the supreme personality of Godhead, the, the highest expression of consciousness. But in general, even if we say pray to God, um, what was going with that? We align our little, we sparks of consciousness address the, the totality of consciousness, then we're finally aligned. Oh yeah, so we're saying even just the lowest expression of prayer, we've just seen a whole gradation, will take us in that direction, will orient us in the right direction as opposed to Oh, I don't know, maybe the way they may have grown up in China or a Soviet Union, that there's no higher power. It's just, it's all you. If nothing else, the, the government is what helps you or something. <laughs> it's funny that Braja Sundari told me that she had an aunt who was uh, living in Russia or something. And she came and visited in Poland. Uh, I, I forget the scenario, but at some point something happened and she prayed to the picture of Stalin or Lenin or something, or Mao Zedong, they, they, they actually have it. You know, there's this kind of worship of the communist leader. So it always ends up happening in a certain way. Humans, which like we said, are the link that connects animality to divinity. So I, uh, let's say there's no real humans, there's just consciousness, conscious beings in a human um, uh, vehicle, at that time, the soul is so close to expressing itself in its entire divinity, you know, very close, not quite, and so far away from the animality that the material bodies bring you towards. So that um, it just keeps happening, whether it's God or Stalin, Mao Zedong, it just happens. So when we pray, 
we as conditioned soul always start with this aham mama aham mameti is uh to be honest i can't remember where it appears in the vedanta sutra uh, i don't know if you can tell me somewhere someone aham mameti iti means it really means quotation marks in sanskrit iti means thus so so aham mameti means the quote i my unquote this consciousness of just what is what am i and what belongs to me i am this person i am white i'm american i'm a i'm a, I'm a male i'm a rich person i'm important so what's dear to me what is my family what is in relation to this i that i've construed is all that matters is it my country that's uh being attacked is it my family i gotta protect my business aham mama aham mama the i and what belongs to the i whatever we think the i is so by praying by taking well praying or any expression of uh, bhakti we'll see that uh praying that we're analyzing now is uh, vandana we'll see soon that all the words for prayer in sanskrit vandana is one of them and is given to one of the limbs of bhakti navalakshan of bhakti by uh, expressing ourselves in bhakti on the path of bhakti through any of these nine ways we will attain perfection or to just one akrura is the pa uh, paragon of uh, vandana just from his prayers to krishna Balaram, he achieved perfection from how heartfelt his prayers were and and to the point and well conceived and heartfelt for the most part but we can achieve perfection with any of these nine ways because it's all about the absorption uh not to you know play down a prayer i'm making a whole presentation on it but it's also important that rupa goswami uh quoting padma purana says um smartavya satatam vishnor vismartavyam najatuchit so there are only two rules when it all comes you know uh, at the end of the day there are only two rules in uh, let's say Gaudiya Vaishnavism in our transcendental pursuit always remember Vishnu let's say Krishna because we like Krishna and never forget Krishna so really it's like a joke it's just always remember Krishna and how do you remember Krishna? Well, if you hear about Krishna, chances are your mind is thinking about Krishna. If you talk about Krishna, you got to engage your mind and you're thinking about Krishna. If you are remembering Krishna, that's your absorption. If you're praying to Krishna, so you see what I'm saying, it's all about the absorption. So the first step in this direction, anything that distracts us, that takes our focus away from aham and mama, the I and the my is good. Even if it's just a sacrifice of a mother for her children. Oh, I'm so poor. I don't have food. You know, you, obvious um, many times hear about the mother uh, not eating because the children need to grow up or something, that kind of sacrifice. It doesn't matter how mundane it is, uh, how selfish ultimately, because it's really my children, my neighbor's children can be starving just as well because I live in Yemen or something, but my children come first. Why? Because they're mine. They're in relation to what I think I am. 
And yet anything that takes us away from this one-pointedness, aham, mama, is good. So right now we see the world, everything that we see and hear in relation to this one point in the universe, this one point alone, how much can you accommodate in one point? How can everything orbitate? How can everything be harmonized? Given that we live in the world of good and bad, happy and sad and hot and cold, there cannot be harmony and the whole universe fit in this one point where I think I am and, uh, and, and by extension, what is mine. So right now we perceive the world as a spiral that spirals in to this one point. Keep in mind that in geometry, in physics, a point is no dimension. The dimension of a point is zero. So we're, we're starting from zero. Our point, our consideration, our, our whole premise starts from nothing. It's based on nothing because it's a false identity. That's a good one. I just thought of it. Um, see, that prayer works. <laughs> so it's all based on zero. We want the cosmos, the universe, to fit in this one point with dimension zero. How can you fit something in something that has no dimension, not even one? A line has one and a plane has um, three. So what does have two? I don't know, but the point has zero dimension. So the trick, the moment we, would, we get touched by the mercy of a Vaishnav, of course, uh, prayer doesn't mean, you know, in Vaishnav terms, but we're all Vaishnavs from what I can see. So let's just make it in Vaishnav terms. The mercy of a Vaishnav, let's say the mm, income of this transcendental energy that extends down to us reverses that spiral uh, or the material energy, like the beatings that we get from material energy on our gums time and again. We try to be the Lord and it doesn't work. We try to, you know, be God and it just does not work time after time after time. We might get to the sense based on what we remember from previous births that there's got to be more. There's got to be something different in life. This may not be the way you live. This may not be the way I'm supposed to do things. So you might, in any, if anything, in that one birth, become generous by nature. Um, maybe your parents weren't teaching you generosity, but you just have a feeling that, no, it's better to give than to always want. So that's where your spiral reverses and it spirals out. But let's take it all the way out. In transcendental, um, not in transcendental terms, when this you know, hand of mercy comes down, that is the highest um, extent to which the spiral that before was going from the infinite, the whole universe was pointing to our little eye and mine, and it was based on a scam. We reverse it. So if you spiral out into the infinite, then it's infinite. Then the things that you can do, let's talk, let, let's call it generosity. Then you can be, instead of having the whole world pointing to me and there's only so much I can enjoy so much I can accommodate the moment you reverse it then I can be good to my children I can be good or useful to my neighbor to my country to you know the universe I can you know do Reiki to the planet or something and then you think in terms of um, God if you're lucky enough and um, so like I was saying your consciousness is focused on the outside on the infinite and then once you're in the infinite uh, on an infinite level so 
you've already shed off all these material concepts, you're still spiraling, let's say the spiral of your consciousness um, <clears throat> is still spiraling in, but now it's like spiraling in from the infinite, let's say Brahman, Brahma Jyoti to Vaikuntha. And then you start seeing um, you know, the, your focus, the I and mine becomes God and gods, Bhagawan and Bhagavata, God and what relates to God, what is dear to God. And obviously, in our uh, path, we narrow it down and narrow it down and narrow it down until at the center of the spiral of our consciousness, there's only uh, Bhagawan and Bhagavata, in this case, Krishna. And let's say Krishna's energy. It can be Radharani, it can be Yashoda, it can be Sridama, it can be um, anyone that expressed that is dear to Krishna, dear to his heart. So... All this from one prayer, not, not from one prayer, but that is the hope that we have by just um, treading on this path, just orienting our attention from, I can do it all by myself. Whether we were educated like that or we don't have any other sense. So the difference between that and thinking, please God, just addressing our consciousness, uh, resting our consciousness on God. So that's the easiest way I could talk about this. But it's a very fascinating, uh, I like spirals. There's a lot of spirals going on. You know, chakra means um, wheel, but it's more like a spiral. Sometimes they say that they're vortexes. They, they go out from the front and from the back. Um, chakra is the, not chakra, a spiral is the, the sublimation of linear and circular. Like they talk about linear time and circular, circular time. If time was circular, at the end of the winter, we would go back to previous summer, uh, previous spring. But no, it's another spring. It's, it's a spiral. It's like a coil. These are my, just my thoughts. But think about spirals. Spirals are good. Okay, now physical and mental health. Sounds like um, you know, a lower consideration. All right, yeah, you pray, you bow down every day. But hey, you need a healthy body to... If you don't have a healthy body, you sure, it might make you pray more but it's also a very big distraction. The whole point of yoga, of uh, the yoga of asanas, is that somebody told me once that the asanas in yoga, what you're doing, you're basically using your body like a lounge chair. You know, when you go to the beach, you can recline it, you can uh, adjust the armrest, you can have the foot rest. So that's how you bend your body in such a way, yes, to stretch it and make it healthy, because there's only so long you can meditate if you have arthritis, if your neck hurts, if you have gastritis, if you're whatever, <clears throat> if you have a headache. So you're just massaging your body into finally sitting down in a symmetric, and I can never remember if you say symmetric or symmetrical, let's go with symmetrical, way, create balance and meditate. Just be you as consciousness as much as possible. Obviously, there is some intellect involved because you're not pure consciousness. Otherwise, there'd be Videha Mukti. But that's what yoga is. So yeah, some physicality is good. And, um, and it's good for the mind too, to have that regular time where you just sit down and this is my time where I just collect my thoughts and organize everything. What is it I am? What is it I want? And um, 
I'm on a, on a long journey to, to health because of some issues that I have. And a lot of people in natural medicine, stress, meditation, and prayer, as opposed to like constantly trying to stay afloat in the ocean of daily affairs. And you don't even know who you are, what you want, what you're doing. You get to the end of life and you realize that life has lived you instead of you living your life in a conscious productive way it's like oh my god i was trying to stay afloat and now and then you die so it's one of the benefits of a prayer that can be numbered and listened and listed so speaking of the physicality of prayer if i can change the slide um Prayer can be expressed physically in many ways. Um, across many traditions, you see this, which is called Anjali Mudra in yoga. <laughs> the amount of knowledge that's behind this little gesture alone is mind-boggling. But we kind of touched on it. I, I'm sorry I'm speaking too fast, but uh, uh, on one hand, I'm passionate. On the other hand, there's a lot to talk about. And on another hand that I know where it is, I, I'm just forgetful, so I'm sorry for the translator. Um, Anjali, it's found in many cultures. The yogic expression is very, uh, explanation is very fascinating. Basically, when you pray, you want to collect yourself, right? You want to make sure that you're all there because a, a very important factor uh, in prayer is that, is the intention behind the prayer. Imagine I'm like, I'm a distracted teenager on a video game and I say, mom, can we have pizza for dinner? Mom, can we have pizza for dinner? Mom, can we have pizza for dinner? And your mother is there like, are you even talking to me? Are you asking me? Is that, and I'm just mindlessly, mindlessly playing at the computer. Mom, can we have pizza for dinner? Sounds like a request, but you know, it's not real. It's not felt. Your mother's there like, are you talking to one of your friends? What's going on? So when we pray, if we're praying to God for something, you know, which is one of the, how would you say, downsides of uh, prescribed prayers you're just all right you know in the mosque you just pray and go down and go up and go do all these things because i got to do it it's just what you do and it doesn't become heartfelt so that could be uh, a disadvantage of prescribed prayer but uh no there has to be some feeling behind it's not just a process now what we're doing is mantra yoga again we'll talk about this in the fourth time and that is more to do with the intrinsic quality and value of the sound. Even if you say a, a mantra, a sound, a pure sound vibration mindlessly, it will still have effects. But a prayer, if you're saying, please give me something, you got to know that there is another person on the other side. You know, thoughtless prayer only goes so far. So to be concentrated, basically in yogic terms, we, you all know we have this polarity that we have the yin and yang, masculine and feminine, hot and cold, the whole duality of um, the material world, the material energy. So we just put it together and positive and negative cancel out. In other words, you've got to do without with your material absorption and you close your eyes. So for all intents and purposes, your the material world doesn't exist anymore. It's just you as consciousness Again, of course, there is still your intellect and your mind and your ego. But, you know, if you, if you do away with the physical distractions, it's just, okay, it's me. I cancel out the positive and the negative, the duality of the material world. 
And now I'm focusing as a unit of consciousness onto God, who is the supreme conscious. Also, they say that as far as, um, what would you call it, um, reflexology, this corresponds to the brain, the eyes, the ears, the hands, and the feet. So you put them together and you quiet them. You still your eyes, closing them helps too. You still your ears, you just put yourself together symmetrical and you put all of you you offer all of you in prayer your your whole attention is there and do, doing this gesture kind of helps um you know focusing being balanced and um and just uh, the symbology of it is very fascinating this uh, I, i'll start i'll end with this because again we were a little late and maybe there may be questions and uh, as it turned out we're going to finish this overview uh, next week and then we'll do the last half to just um, mention all the prayers in the Bhagavatam because they're very charming. So um, the duality of the material world it's kind of fascinating because uh, like I said there is positive and negative hot and cold Shiva and Shakti etc etc and they're constant like yin and yang the Tao if you think about it they're constantly um, uh, chasing one another constantly striving for equilibrium and they will never ever find it there seems to be equilibrium in this world this is the world of uh you know order of uh it's static in a way it's just the way it is karma it's just very mechanical gumar says god always forgives men sometimes and nature never Yes, we do personify it and we do acknowledge there is consciousness behind nature, Durga Devi. But it's just very mechanical. You press here, it comes out there. It's just the way it is. If you throw a stone in the air, it just comes back into your face. Whether it, you know, you knew it, whether you did it on purpose, whether you were playing, it, it's bound to happen that way. It's just the nature of nature. So it seems like, yes, this is the world of justice. You do this and you get this opposite reaction. There is cosmos, cosmos means order. This is the cosmos, the material world is orderly and it's regulated. There is balance, there is perfection. But no, it's like the LED thing. I wonder if I can, it's a whole mess. Let me just um, unshare the screen. And if I'm lucky, I will, um, find a video of these um am i doing it right of these uh, led things because they're quite fascinating basically it's like when you look at the uh blades of an of a helicopter they spin so fast that they look solid like a solid disc so this is matter even in quantic terms it's just electrons um, um how do you say flickering going in and out of existence so fast like zero one zero one zero one zero one, like a computer, that it looks solid, like this looks and feels like wood. It's all vibration. This is all sound vibration, nothing more. So as solid as it looks, it's just a striving for balance, striving for perfection that will never be attained. So um, that is the duality of the material world. It's um, and it's uh, never ending. It's, it's kind of uh, fascinating because you seem to experience infinity. Material energy is infinite and never ending and eternal. Like 
the spiritual energy. You seem to experience order and perfection, but it's not because you can put an end to the material experience. If and when there is a spiritual beginning that corresponds to a material end. But um, so, yeah, that was one thought about the duality. So this world that seems so um, solid and full of certainty is it's really just um, an LED spinning thing. I guess you can look it up. We're out of time. You can uh, look it up on uh, on um, on YouTube. They're really cool things. And in Japan, I'm sure they have them much more than here. I saw it here at the mall in Costa Rica. It looks so solid and it's all vibrating. It's just spinning very fast. Samsara, right? The wheel of samsara spins so fast, the spins so fast, it looks solid, but it's not. So we just cancel it out. We join and cancel out positive and negative and focus on the uh, transcendental. So I'm going to have to, um, um, so I got a message and I got totally distracted, but yeah, I need to close here because we're out of time. And I'm sorry again for the physical, for the technical difficulties, but um, hopefully something good came out of it. We still have two more encounters. So um, I'll manage to talk about all this uh, in time. Let me just read what was written here. Right, let's, let's just end with the consideration of uh, the spiritual, does uh, prayer go on in the spiritual world? So Annapurna says, um, answering your, um, I guess I should, uh, no, I guess Bhakta um, Prima can read the Spanish, I'll just read the English. Answering your question, one day I heard Guru Maharaj, or at least I understood it that way, that before Bhava, one prays for Sharanagati. And when somebody has attained bhava, which is a sprout of prema, the same person is the prayer for its emotional content. So it would be much more than in the spiritual world. Like it, prayer would be there much more in the spiritual world where his associate, intimate associates are made of prema um, and they themselves are made of that feeling and hankering and offering and connection to please Krishna. So yes, I think prayer is present in the spiritual world, but in a different way. That's very good. That's it's quite uh, accurate. Um, Govinda Mohini says, yes, I think that there is prayer in the spiritual world. Mother Yashoda, for example, Praise to Narayan, but uh, the pure devotees don't have desires, and therefore, they they are recipients of the manifestation of Krishna's desires. That's also very good. But yeah, bottom line, there is prayer in the in the spiritual world, even just in Vaikuntha. It actually, well, yeah, in the material world for sure. So at the very outskirt of the material world. There's a manifestation of Vishnu that only does that. The sages recite the Purusha Sukta constantly and they offer prayers. But also in Vaikuntha, there's constant offering of uh, prayers. And um, um, in one sense, of course, I'm thinking of uh, Gokula more than Goloka, but when uh, the Govardhan Lila happened, they resorted to Krishna. Now, did they think Krishna was God? No, but they naturally prayed to Krishna. So there is a form of, uh, of uh, praying, Krishna, Krishna, Mahabaho, um, 
please. Uh, Mahabahu means great, big arms. Mahabaho means, oh, big arms. So uh, they pray to Krishna, but it's tricky because they don't think Krishna is God. So the Govardhan Leela or um, uh, during the forest fire, or, but then again, these uh, happened in Gokula. In Goloka, there is only a rumor of uh, demons, as they say. So if there's no danger, would they play, pray to Krishna? Another thing, what about the gopis praying to Surya? There's that Leela where Radharani and all the gopis were going to do the daily uh, Surya Puja because uh, it's what you do in the town. Um, and then they met Krishna with his um, sidekicks and then a whole... Um, um, would you say a whole exchange happened, etc. So that's another aspect, another expression of prayer in transcendence. Um, or the the gopis praying to Katyayani to get a good husband, but then again, that's in the material world, so-called material world. I think the lila with the, the Surya Puja is mentioned by the Goswamis as happening in the Nitya lila. I may be mistaken, but yes, prayer, obviously, as an expression of devotion, as an anga of bhakti, happens in the world that's entirely made of bhakti. So let me just see if there's any more comments. Oh, a couple of um, very kind compliments. And then Martin, or oh Martin, I don't know, Martin, you're, you're South American, right? So it's Martin. Martin says, if we pray, okay. So from now on, you're Martin for everybody. If we pray for some relative thing to come to our lives, how can we do to not feel bad with ourselves? Well, if you have a sense that you should be, that you should feel bad, that you, if you have a sense that is wrong, why do it in the first place? But if you think it's a necessity, like, um, you know, uh, I mentioned my my health. Sometimes I need to do separate offerings because I'm, I'm on a separate diet. So I make a little bit of something and I offer it in front of Guru Maharaj's picture saying, please accept this offering so that I can keep making devotional advancement while um, keeping my soul and body together, as Prabhupada says, that we should just eat and, you know, with that focus, just to keep the soul and the body together. That's probably not the best example because it's, it's already an act of devotion. I guess you're thinking, please God, let me, let me pass the exam or maybe, uh, you know, let me be, uh, let me get the promotion. In the very least, again, if you have a solid background of uh, devotional knowledge, you will think of that verse, akama sarvakamova, whether you have all the desires in the world, Akama, no, whether you have no desires or all the desires in the world, you're better off addressing Krishna because of what I said. Just you as a conscious unit, you will always be better off when you're addressing consciousness. You will never find answers in matter. So yes, address consciousness for material um, um, reasons. Now, the guilt, I'm not much for guilt. Maybe I should feel guiltier about the things I do and say and think, but I'm more of a positivist. So if you do see value in, in, in your prayer, just uh, acknowledge that I'm asking for something uh, material. I realize I could be asking for something bigger. Like Dhruva Maharaj, he was asking for a kingdom and then Narayana, uh, Vishnu appeared and he was like, I was looking for broken glasses. I was 
looking for gems and I realize they're just broken glasses when I see you and what you are and what I can be in relation to you. So if you have that knowledge at the background of your you know, experience in life, there's a way of harmonizing it. I mean, if you really feel like it's not worth asking, then you're a Paramahansa, then why even ask? But if you have that necessity, you're, you will always be better off thinking of Krishna as your friend, as your provider. Again, because of what I said, just rest your mind on Krishna is all we're asked to do. Always remember Krishna, never forget Krishna. Um, I hope that was the answer you were looking for. Mm. How can we do to not feel bad for our, with ourselves? Yeah, just acknowledge why you're making this material prayer. I mean, if we were all Paramahansas, if you were all healthy, we wouldn't be in this hospital. There's no shame for being in the material in the condition that we are, and there's only glory in wanting to get better. So keep coughing, but keep taking the medicine. Would be my final words. Okay, so that was the prayers that you were referring to. So that's the answer that that, that came to me. Um, having read that question. Is there anything else? I realize it's very late. This time I, I wrote the password. There was some glitch with the password that nobody ever gave me. I only heard it. And then today I couldn't remember it right. I put it in seven times and then I got blocked out of the con out of the, the profile. And so <laughs> Padmarad Maharaj came to my rescue. Okay, so I promise next time I'll have it all working and I hope I could do a good job this time. And if there are no further, um, let me see if I can, if I have any other notes, any other homework or thing for you to think about until next time. Okay, think about this. This is a provocation from um, atheists. They say, you know, when there are two nations at war and they're all, say, two Christian nations, Nation, num nation A says, please, God, let us win the war. And nation B is also praying the same God, let us win the war. And yet only one wins the war. What happens there? So we're going to probably open with this. Um, uh, we're going to finish the presentation and then we'll consider that. Yeah, I'm not going to write it because it's all going to disappear. But think about this one. What happens when two nations pray the same God for victory and only one wins? So I'm going to give again one more second for anybody to uh, say or write anything. Otherwise, it's been a pleasure and an honor. I learned a couple of things myself while saying them because of the merits of praying, of tapping from the higher, you know, stream. So nothing, no more is coming. I'm going to end the meeting here. And uh, I guess I didn't even see who was there today. Um, it's, oh my God, 20 people. Hope I didn't make a fool of myself. Thank you all. It would be good. I was listening to um, uh, Brigopad's lesson and he was thanking people who opened their camera. They would kind of help me to see that there is someone there. Um, but, um, oh, there's Krishna Chaitanya. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna close it here. I'm way past the time. And uh, thank again, thanks again to Bhakta Prema for translating and um, I'll see you again.
Haribol Mahapriya Napurna, I'm starting to see a few people. Okay, I'm going to close it here. I'm not, I'm not going to take any more of your time. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. And you're all in my prayers. Haribol, Shamasundar Prabhu Ki Jai. Jai. Hari Hari.